Hello, this is Roy Lilly. I'm back and I missed you. And I'd really hope that we could start this year's conversation with news of a secret Christmas Day mince pie meeting of the BMA and His Majesty's government imbued with the spirit of Bailey's goodwill and a deal. Alas, it looks like we'd have dragged the very worst of last year and a chunk of the past into this. It was 1974, exactly 50 years ago, the last time a militant trades union went on strike for a 35% increase. The miners doing battle with Ted Heath. The upshot, Heath went to the country, lost and opened the door for Labour to come in. Harold Wilson gave the strikers 35%. Labour were ousted in 1979 by Margaret Thatcher, who wreaked a terrible revenge on the miners. History doesn't really repeat itself, but it often echoes to those who will listen. Total BMA membership is about just over 190,000, up by more than 25,000 compared with 2022, the highest it's ever been. So how have they gone from an old geezer's dining club to a militant union? Well, a small, tight group called Doctors Vote, and I linked to some of their stuff on social media this morning, have done to the BMA what Momentum did to Labour, exploited laziness, got their activists voted onto key committees and a tight, well-organised group are running the show. There are around 75,000 full-time junior doctors in the English NHS. The BMA claims to represent 49,000 of them, of which just over 36,000 voted to strike. Now, I make that around 48%, or just under half the total number of junior doctors working in the NHS. So what are the other 51, nearly 52% telling us? I don't know. <laughs> the BMA strike mandate runs out at the end of this month. Unless there's a miracle deal, they'll ballot to carry on. Doctors' votes will, for sure, turn up the wick to make the strikes more damaging, increasing frequency or for longer, maybe 10 days at a time or even more. Will the doctors, all the doctors, go for it? Well, despite being the third wealthiest union in the UK, the BMA doesn't pay strike pay. Thus far, it won't release funds to doctors' votes for the purpose of paying strike pay. Now, single younger doctors with no family responsibilities on about 32,000 might be able to get by. Senior juniors, if I can call them that, you know, senior registrars and so on, on 63,000 upwards, might have a few quid to fall back on or a partner's income. However, there's a substantial middle band on around 50,000-ish who are likely to have family responsibilities, child care, mortgages and other commitments, and they might not be able to go on losing what might be a third of their salary to strikes. And don't forget, days lost in training. Might they call it quits for the 11 to 14% increase that's on offer and pin future hopes on an incoming Labour government? Solutions? Well, we start by understanding six things. One, overconfidence. The BMA thought the government would fold and they haven't. The government thought the BMA would fold and have it sorted well before the election. They haven't. 
Number two, leadership. Junior doctors leaders are heavily invested in the pugnacious doctors vote movement. The battle for control of the dozy BMA has been won, and for them, winning a strike is a gut buster. They cannot see, be seen to, to lose. The government have an eye on the right wing of their Tory membership and history, telling them to be tough on militant unionists. They cannot be seen to lose. Attitude. Negotiation is not about winning, it's about distributive success. All sides must come out with something. Junior doctors make a good pay erosion case. The government can say, look at the economy. A three-year deal might do the job for both sides. Number four, commitment. Knowing when to give up. Thinking about the investment there's been for the BMA in reputation management and the government in the financial cost of strikes. Cutting losses is a tricky and courageous call. Number five is contingency. What is plan B? Doctors vote will have to finagle the PIN number from the BMA bank account to get strike pay. And the government might start thinking about Section 240 of the Trade Union and Labour Relations Consolidation Act 1992 that criminalises breach of contract which all strike action involves that has the probable consequence of endangering human life or causing serious bodily injury the maximum penalty is three months imprisonment the bma might welcome a few martyrs the best move well number six rationality clarity of thinking continuing strikes will end the innocent lives of people with no power to intervene. Both the government and the BMA are equally culpable. All conflicts end by talking. ACAS are very good at it. Let's give them a chance. New Year, fresh start. Thanks for listening. This has been Roy Lilly and, well, we've got a whole year ahead of us. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye-bye.